0: Though you are now in Orzammar, your heart and your mind are probably still back in Minrathis a little bit. You tell me where around
1: Minrathis that Kisanda would have a comfort dream. Any place with like <laughs> nice flowers. Like she's very into like the greenery, like, okay, flowers make me feel calm. <laughs> So you are back in the Pavis estate,
0: uh, where all of your good dreams usually are, uh, sitting under the shade cast by one of the orange trees. Uh, Faith is sitting across from you, uh, and you two are alone. She's sitting on her knees. Uh, She's kind of digging uh, her fingers into the dirt awkwardly. She says, hi, again. Hello. It's been a while.
1: Yes, it
0: has. She says, so you're going into a... what do they call them the deep roads. Right, you going into there? Seems like it. That sounds pretty spooky.
1: I uh, I hope that works out for you. I hope you don't die. <laughs> yeah, that came out weird. I also hope I don't die. What did you me- mean to say? <laughs> uh, mostly I just I hope it goes well for
0: you and that everything turns out fine, and that you you do what you set out to do, and that there's no. Uh, bad stuff that happens I also, I I kind of wanted to not so much apologize but I just wanted to offer my condolences about about Meveris. I wanted to say how sorry I am
1: it's not something you should apologize for it's <sighs> something that I hope I hope I can fix I might not be able to but we'll see she says
0: I, um, so I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but in my experience, things like, she she hesitates, she stares down at her knees, she says, things like grief and, and trauma, they're not really things that you could just, like, fix. They're not problems that you can just, you know, push through, you know, positively think your way to the other side. They're things that require time and oxygen and room to heal. I I understand. I was listening when your friend was talking to you about not
1: letting her give up, but I just, I worry about that method. It's not wrong to worry about any method that comes from Yariel. You're right. <laughs> Called out. <laughs> but I, I know no other way. I don't know what else to do other than power through. That's all I'm good at. She says, I just, I worry that if you try to force the issue,
0: it could backfire on you in a bad way. Forcing someone to just get over grief and trauma, that can be, that could just
1: exacerbate the pain. I do see the sense in that, you're right. But what else can I do? She opens her mouth and is
0: silent for a really long time and then she closes her mouth again and she stares down and she
1: says uh, I don't know all I know is that May expects that she will die in the deep roads and at least if that happens at least I'll be there with her
0: yeah I guess
1: there is something that Faith is not saying
0: something that is right on the tip of her tongue that uh, she's holding back on you can't immediately tell what it is. And this is a character decision, uh, like a capital C character decision. Do you want to force the issue? Do you want to press the issue with her?
1: I'd say, yeah. After Ellian is like, hey, you dumbass, like maybe she likes you a little bit. She's like very carefully watching her this time. Like, okay, pay attention with a capital A. <laughs> okay. I didn't notice last time, but this time I'm trying to notice things about you. What? What? Notice What? I am trying to watch you more carefully to get get to know you to know more about. Is there something you're not telling me? She says, "If you if you want to get to know me, you could just like ask. Like you don't have to
0: stare at me. Like I'm, I'll answer questions if you want to ask me questions."
1: Right. She's like, "Okay, well, my question is then: What are you not saying? You seem to be hesitating." I, magic,
0: I don't, I don't know how you were trained in your use of magic. I don't know anything about the the kin, you called it, or what a sarabas is.
1: But did they ever teach you about the law of equivalent exchange? No, I was mostly pointed at things and told to explode them. She says, okay, well, the law of equivalent exchange states that
0: even something as powerful as magic cannot violate fundamental principles of physics and matter. Magic cannot create matter, it cannot destroy matter, it can only convert energy from one form into another. She says for Maveris a spirit is its own independent mind, it's its own it has its own thoughts and, and hopes and drives. And no sane spirit is going to willingly give itself up for her while she still is in this state and I just you'd have to find She falls off and she says, uh, sorry we're, we're out of time. You should probably wake up. And then abruptly, you wake up. Sabre. Yes. You are lying on the flat bed of an Aravel. Uh, you are somewhere outside. You can tell there's the sound of wind through the trees, uh, the creaking Aravels as the sails catch and slowly rocket from side to side. Sounds great. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, your dreams have been improving, generally speaking, lately. I'm interested to know if you have a in-character rationalization for this, perhaps?
2: <laughs> i mean yeah i think it's probably that his uh he's getting a family back like his brother's back like he's starting to feel like he's part of a clan again
0: oh uh as you are lying there on your back staring up at the uh Aravel sails uh you see landon come into frame like over no- over top of you he says hey
2: there you are is this the kind of thing where it's, I'm dreaming and you're not real? Or is this the one where you are real because it's you're just, doing... It's that
0: one. It's the second one. I, I'm actually in this dream. I, don't take this the wrong <laughs> way, but the other ones are a little more fun. <laughs> I give him a <laughs> wink. He says, you know, you can still have... You know what? Never mind. I'm not, this is not what we're going to talk about <laughs> Wait, tonight. Wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't distract me. He says, look. I just wanted to come here to, like, sh- I would have told you about this in The Waking World, but it's like, I think it's a little bit better proof of concept in dreams, just so you can see that it can be done. He says, I want to teach you a glyph of calling.
2: Oh, I'm not good at you know I don't, I, you know I have the sword, and I hit, the, well, was a spear, but Okay, Sabre, Like, I appreciate that you have this weird phobia
0: of magic, but like, get over it, okay? Because you're going into the deep roads, you need to have a way to contact me if things go sour.
2: I look extremely deeply uncomfortable,
0: <laughs> and I'm like, fine, but I'm not gonna like it. He says, all you need to do is draw it, anything will do, chalk, blood if you're pressed. And he draws it uh, on the side of the Aravel with his fingertip, leaving a trace in pale blue magic on the wood. And he says- I want you to stare at the symbol. I want you to remember it, okay?
2: Remember what this looks like. I feel like I should have to roll for this. Like, I don't want to, but I feel like I should. (laughs) Like, will you remember it?
0: Lennon is going to imprint it into your brain if you are dumbass. That's probably a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to, like, it's it's considered kind of ethically dubious to force something into someone else's brain, but this is important. You need to remember this, Sabre. (laughs) So I just draw this on anything? anything a wall a floor yourself just whatever can hold it even
2: if i'm awake
0: yes it's as- actually only if you're awake okay. it'll really only work in the waking world and then get Meveris or kasana to charge it with mana they'll know what that means it's very simple they should be able to do it easily
2: i think i'm like studying it really carefully and just like trying to draw it but doing a bad job
0: <laughs> he says in the Fade, this will call out to me like a beacon from wherever I am. It'll make it very easy for me to dream walk to
2: you. So I can
0: get a message back to you in case something... In case something goes wrong. If someone, you know, make or forbid, dies or catches the Blight, if anything happens, if you get lost, anything, just draw this somewhere, have a mage charge it with mana, and then I should be able to find
2: you. I'm looking, like, very dubiously at it, and I'm like... Okay, I'll try it. I don't know if it's going to work, Landon. and you know I'm not terribly good at this. He says, just
0: trust me. Like, I am actually a mage, and I actually know how this works.
2: Okay. For you. Only for you. For anyone else, I wouldn't do this. You know that, right? He says, yeah, hopefully you'll get over this
0: weird fear of magic soon. <laughs> I just sort of shrugged my shoulders. Uh, and that's all I really had planned. I'm trying to keep these dreams short unless you wanted to say something else.
2: Well, I'm going to try to, like, make out with him in dream. <laughs> it's <okay>, like <laughs> before looking you go! And like, before you go, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while. It's been like- I
0: saw you literally last night.
2: Yep, not long. And I, like, keep him into a kiss.
0: Ellian. <laughs> <laughs> yep? Yeah? So this is a very interesting dreaming experience for you. You feel like you wake up. Uh, in your tavern room at, uh, above Tapster's Tavern, uh, you sit up in bed and you see yourself behind you still lying down asleep, which is a very clear indication that I'm probably dreaming right now. That's probably, that's probably what's happening. Don't like that. That's, that's, that's new and unsettling. Then you hear a voice from, uh, in front of you. Hey, I have a present for you. What? It's compassion. He's uh, sitting at the chair beside uh, the armoire in your ta- in your room. and He says, a-, a present? Like a gift? I've got one for you. Oh. Uh. I guess
3: Elian gets up from his own body. This is weird. He's trying not to think
0: about it too hard and goes over to the other chair. He says, follow me. And then he heads off. He heads directly through the door. Like, he doesn't even open the door. He just ghosts right through it. And he says, so I can't do this all the time because it's a pretty big expenditure of mana. Uh, But every once in a while, I can totally do this. Um, You know, you just have to ask if you want it to happen. Uh, And uh, he passes through the door a couple rooms down from you, which, you know, is Leander's room. Uh, I follow. (laughs) What are we? He says, a present. He insists, like, it's okay. Like, I promise I I experimented with this myself and it's completely possible And it won't hurt him at all, and it won't hurt you at all. What are you talking about? He says, just trust me, and he offers you a hand. Uh, Leander, by the way, is still sleeping. So seeing Leander in this state, uh, because he is tranquil and because you are in the Fade, um, tranquil in the Fade look like nothing. They look like a void. Like a, just a sort of a formless black shape that you can see sort of, that's vaguely humanoid, uh, tucked underneath the covers. Yeah, I'm not used to that. He says, just trust me. And he holds out his hand for you to take it. Okay. And um, I guess Alien takes his hand. Compassion grips your hand. He closes his eyes and he mutters a soft incantation in Elvish. Uh, and it's not anything grand. Like there's not some huge swirl of magic or anything like that. It's just sort of, and then you are outside, but not really. Uh, there is grass underneath your feet and you can smell clean air, but... The sky is sort of black and gnarled and knobbly over your head. What you look like you're in is an extremely small section of like an orange grove. You think there are about four or five orange trees uh, before they come in contact with this sharp wall of blackness. Like this, this you're. It's almost like you're inside a snow globe, right? Except it's all the walls are black. Oh, and completely uh completely opaque you cannot see through them but inside this little snow globe is a very pleasant orange grove there is a beautiful uh, older elven woman with long brown hair picking oranges and sitting a couple feet away from her on his knees uh, on the ground picking the stems off the oranges is leander and he's humming to himself
1: oh god i hate you tessa <laughs> Why? It's adorable. It's so it's fine. evil. It's so sweet. <laughs> You're just taking
0: my heart and breaking it. Compassion turns to you and says, "I did a little bit of experimenting, and the part of him that connects him to the Fade, that gives him his emotions, it's still there. It's just trapped by the blood magic that the, his old master used on him. His whole personality, his whole emotional range, is still here." And you can talk to it. To him.
3: Uh, how? I, I think Elian's just kind of overwhelmed. Doesn't really know what to say, doesn't know what to do. He, he's probably still gripping Compassion's hand, probably a little too hard. He says, how do you talk to him? How did you do this? Magic. It,
0: it It's him. It's not a spirit no it's really him well the part of him that his old master locked away the part that you've never met but yeah it's him oh god that makes ellian so nervous
3: <laughs> um i think he just kind of glances at compassion again and then just goes over to
0: leander uh the closer you get uh the younger he looks it's an, it's 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 strange Looking at him is kind of difficult. Like, he feels young, but he looks his regular age. It's it's sort of difficult to explain. He is sitting with this big basket of oranges that presumably uh, the woman uh, at the tree had picked for him. And one by one, he's carefully plucking out the stems. And he's also setting aside a large pile of orange blossoms. Leander? He looks up and he seems a bit startled. He says, how did you get in here?
3: Um compassion did something
0: that's a spirit name are you talking about a spirit not not exactly he says do i know you uh you do you don't remember i guess that makes sense he says you seem familiar somehow like i've seen you in a dream but that's not possible i've been trapped here We- we do- we do know each other. You are... still...
3: out in the world, but... you're- you're tranquil. Yeah. No, I figured that out. I- I don't know... what exactly this is, but... He says,
0: I made it. What? I made this little... he gestures around, he says, I mean, it's not- it's not real- For the first several years, it was just, you know, a void of black nothingness. But I'm a mage, and I managed to make a facsimile, just something to keep me, I don't know, sane? It's beautiful. I can't touch any of it. And my mom never turns around. I'm worried that if she does, she won't have a face. Do you, um,
3: do you mind if I stay with you for a bit? Who are you? Okay. Um I'm I'm Elian. I um uh,
0: Elian. Why does that name sound so familiar?
3: I'm trying to help break your tranquility
0: and As you are talking, he reaches over the orange basket and he pulls this big heavy tome out. Uh it's very old. It's very weathered around the edges. Uh and he starts flipping through it. And for the first three four five dozen pages it's all pressed orange flowers uh and he just keeps flipping through it and then you see little scraps of notes uh you see the name dorian written uh, at the top of one page and several lines of notes about it he keeps flipping you see a little thing about talgan a little thing about maveris lucerne and then finally he gets to the last couple pages and uh, there's a lot about you ellian uh, there's your name written a couple, a couple hundred times, uh, <laughs> across about 20 pages. And he says, Elian, you're Elian. Uh, yes. I didn't think you'd be so handsome. <laughs> um, thanks. He says, how did you get in here? Are you, and he stands up very abruptly. Are you freeing me? Are you getting me out of here? Uh, uh, not, not right now, but
3: that, that is the goal. Yes.
0: He says, Wow. I had kind of resigned myself to being trapped here forever. I, 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 I know, and I don't.
3: I, I don't know what I would do if that happened. So I am going to get you out. I, I don't know when, but we will. He says, "I, I, I
0: guess I'll hold you to it." What if?
3: What have you been writing about me?
0: He abruptly closes the book. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I think you've written a little bit more than I've even written about you and that's saying something. He says, well, I don't really have anything else to do in here. It's just little notes. Sometimes things slip in and out through the walls, just little memories or thoughts or ideas or feelings. And I try to write down every single time it happens. And I've been thinking about you a lot, apparently. <laughs> I, um, it's... It's okay. I, I don't mind. Uh, Compassion, who you... Th- he has been standing in Leander's line of vision, but he hasn't been saying anything. Uh, you think that Leander cannot sense him. You're not 100% sure why. Mm. Uh, behind you, he says, uh, "Ellian, I I can't maintain this spell for much longer. I, I have to go. Wait, can I... And he, he sort of struggles to his feet and he says, before you go, can I... This is the first time I've talked with anyone... I don't even know how long it's been.
3: I it's it's hard for compassion to maintain the spell. I I don't
0: know how much longer he can hold it. He says Oh. And then he launches himself at you and kisses you, like hard. I kiss back
3: immediately, holding him as tight as I can.
0: Compassion does his best. Like he's really he wanted to give you like a three minute warning, but it's really getting (laughs) hard to maintain. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's valid. (laughs) And then very abruptly you wake up. Okay, so good morning everyone. <laughs> good morning.
3: <laughs> How did you all sleep? Probably better than in a while.
2: <laughs> I had a very good night.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I feel like Yariel's like, man, I'm great. We're just like
0: Huh. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and canonize uh Lenin taught you some stuff about having sex with mages that you were hitherto unaware of. <laughs> Ooh, this is this is canon in DA 2 Anders talks about how when he he worked at a brothel and he had an electricity thing that he did with his clients.
1: God, oh, I God. remember that. Isabella brings it up and I'm like, what? You can't just do that.
0: <laughs> you can't just talk about that. No, but yeah, so Landon, you learned some things about sleep the fun stuff about sleeping with a mage. Uh, you are all having breakfast. Uh the last breakfast before you set off into the deep roads. Uh Leander, uh, he is eating. Um, can we talk for a sec? We are speaking now. Ugh. Away from everybody else. He stares at you, and there's no emotion in his face, he says. Very well. He stands up and walks away to the side with you. Did you, um...
3: I had a... I had a dream last night, and, um... Compassion did this spell. Um I I spoke
0: with you, with the real you. I'm not sure I understand. Like you weren't
3: you weren't just a tranquil in the fade. Like I think we I, I'm fuzzy on how exactly he did it, but you your emotions Part of you that's a mage, it's still there. I see. Do you remember any of this?
0: I do not dream. Are we done? (sighs) I guess. He returns to his table. I don't know what you were expecting. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Compassion sort of gives you like a warm rumble of reassurance, like and explains to you like he is sundered from himself. Yeah. is the best way that Compassion can describe it. Like, the part of him that you met in the Fade is not his whole self. The part that you know outside of the Fade is not his whole self. Yeah, mm. it makes sense. Now you have met both halves of him, and that's pretty much all you can say.
3: Yeah, that's 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 totally valid, and it makes sense. He does still have a kernel of disappointment,
0: but it makes sense. Uh, so, you all meet uh, after breakfast at the lowest gate in Orzammar, uh, where standing beside a bunch of, uh, Orzumar guards is a familiar face, Tom Rainier. He is standing there with a, sh- a gray warden shield over his back, um, a short sword on his hip. Uh, and he greets you as you all approach. He says, good to see you again. Okay. So, uh, before we head into the deep roads, gather around. I've got some gray warden maps, uh, Tom Rainier unfolds this map and he says so I got the rundown uh, from King Balin's aides and uh
2: What is that deep gash across the map?
0: Uh Blackwell sort of chuckles and he leans both hands on the table he says uh that is the Dead Trenches Uh and it's pretty close to our first destination
2: Uh Are you sure that's not a map defect? It looks like maybe there was a mistake <laughs>
0: Oh no that's definitely the Dead Trenches He says the uh Largest known uh, pit of darkspawn that exists in the Deep Roads. He says the Dunmoral Tige, and he taps a little uh, area not far from it, is uh, within a day of the Dead Trenches. So we're going to have to expect quite a lot of darkspawn.
3: Excellent. Loving this plan. Great.
0: He says, our secondary goal, of course, is to uh, find the Legion of the Dead. According to King Balin's aid, uh, they are not far from there, uh, near Hydran Tige. He taps another area on the map. Uh, along the way, we're going to have to pass several large Darkspawn Warrens, unsurprisingly. We'll head to the Dunmoral Tig first, and then to the Legion outpost. All told, if nothing goes wrong, we should be out within two months.
1: That is quite some time, but I did expect it to be long. Uh,
0: Tom says, do we have any questions before we get started? Now's the time to
1: ask.
2: We've fought a few Darkspawn before, but is there anything else that we should know about them?
0: He says, oh, well, there are several classifications of Darkspawn, uh, if you want to hear about them. It's sort of a scholarly field of study. There's genlocks, Herlocks. No, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Please continue! I'm horrified, but I'm not bored. Blackwell's like, oh, I'm gonna have to watch out for you, huh? <laughs> Why does everyone always say that? <laughs> he says, there are genlocks, herlocks, ogres, emissaries, and shrieks. Those are the big five that you need to worry about. Genlocks are probably the easiest to kill. They're smaller, not quite as strong. Hurlocks are a little bit larger, a um, little more substantial. Shrieks are very stealthy; uh, they're known to lurk in shadows. And when they strike, they have a very distinctive shrieking sound. He says, "Like, <laughs> like obviously."
3: Like, what do you think? Uh, Aptly yeah. named.
0: <laughs> Ogres are extremely large, and uh, we are going to have to be wary of seeing them. Emissaries are darkspawn that can use magic.
1: Oh, I hate that. Well, we've have ogre experience, but great mages in darkspawn form. <laughs> How did our ogre experience go? Not great. Yeah, I didn't go I didn't Just go try to avoid great. those.
0: He says, alright, say your goodbyes. We're leaving. So is the, the whole group there? Yep. Uh, the inner circle of the Lucerne has uh, stopped to see you off. This, to wish you well. Send you on your way. Like, you know, the people at the port as the Titanic took off. Hmm. <laughs> Dorian's probably glaring daggers. <laughs> <laughs> Dorian goes to check up on Mae, gives her a hug, uh, turns to you, Ellie, and says, if you fucking get fresh with my best friend Leander, I will <laughs> I will find out. And I will break your spine. Heard and acknowledged. Cool. So we're all on the same page. Excellent. Love it when that happens.
1: I feel like I also say goodbye to Ren. I'm like, I will do my best to keep an eye on Yoria.
0: Remember Cassandra, he says, keep your mouth closed when you fight them. you get splattered. Stop what you're doing and clean your face off. That's number one.
1: I understand. I will do that. And then she hugs him.
0: <laughs> he hugs you back. He is tall for an elf five foot seven, but you are still about a foot taller than him. <laughs> right. And yeah, you all set off into the deep roads. So I don't know what your characters picture when they think of the deep roads. But I would like to here like what were you guys what were you who have never been to the deep roads before and have only heard stories about them what were you expecting them to look like
2: I, I think I thought it was just gonna be like grey and damp and cave like just
3: honestly I don't know cause I like I feel like Elian is so focused on like the whole bardic thing above ground and you know the minstrel thing ahead of that like people don't really sing songs about the deep roads unless it's a sad song about people dying, I feel like. No, nah, no clear mental picture
0: of what the Deep Roads would actually look like.
3: Not really. I think, you know, maybe when you're, like, I, I guess like a taig, he maybe would picture something similar to what Orzmar was like, but he didn't even have a clear idea what Orzumar was like. How about
1: you, kasanda? What's your mental image of the Deep Roads? I feel like since her only frame of reference would be like Sahara and she's like okay so it's like a jungle except without the light without the plant life and it's probably it probably smells really bad and it's really dark like that's the only thing she's got she's like maybe it's wet I don't know is it wet so a jungle with no light and no plants so a cave right exactly
0: <laughs> all right well what ends up happening is the this the guards of Orzammar let you through into this long stone hallway uh, that is massive uh, and was once clearly quite. Like decadent and quite beautiful uh, but has fallen into disrepair uh, and you keep following this hallway down and you're expecting like at any point like you walk into the deep roads and you turn left and there's the deep roads but it just kind of keeps going like this long very carved out hallway just continues into darkness uh, and it does open up eventually but it only opens up into more elaborate larger hallways lit very occasionally by veins of blue lyrium And every now and then, you turn around a large hallway and you come across natural rock formations, um, clearly like cave adjacent. But there are hewn dwarven-made paths connecting them all. And the only light that you have to guide you is along these large stalactites of pale blue lyrium. It is quiet. It is quite damp. Um, The smell... Isn't overpowering at least not at first. It mostly just sort of smells like um like mildew, like distant mildew moss, that kind of thing. The sounds the deep roads are so large that they create their own atmosphere, you know differences in temperature between one area and another will create wind currents, so it's not unusual for you to feel a a sudden blast of wind, which is not something you expected to feel.
2: I mean honestly, it's kind of pretty, like in a spooky way.
0: yeah, there are parts of the deep roads that are quite beautiful um They're all, of course, completely abandoned. And depending on, you know, how deep you are, it can look like pretty much anything. There are some, clearly some dwarven settlements that have been long since abandoned, scattered around, uh, marked by torches that are only staying alive because of the enchanted um, fire that's burning in them. And then sometimes there are just large portions of uh, old battlefields. Uh, that are still burning, that carcasses of darkspawn that are still burning, smoke rising
2: into the high ceiling. Like, I know you said i hate this, but honestly, I think this is kind of cool, like, from, like, an anthropological standpoint. <laughs> I mean, I know we haven't fought anything yet, so I'm sure I will hate it when right. we're into that section of things, but...
3: Yeah, I feel like Elian is probably a little bit, I, a lot impressed by the scale of it all. Like, we've already established he he likes architecture, so he's he's interested by the ruins, but... Probably the only other experience he's had with being underground is the mines back home, and this is nothing like that.
0: There are lyrium mines in the deep roads, but you're not going to be coming across any established mining. It is too dangerous here uh and as you are walking you 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 basically walk uninterrupted for most of the day through all these various uh hallways paths uh large caves you come across a large underground lake at one point um, which is so saturated with lyrium dust that the water itself glows blue that's cool you do eventually set up camp at uh, you know you make a small fire uh, you sit down to have dinner you have not come across anything dangerous yet Mm -hmm. but the tension of the deep roads is such that like tom is on edge constantly He's always, you know, looking around from side to side, trying to keep as close a watch as he can on everything around him. He has managed to steer you away from large groups of darkspawn, he explains to you. Like, his his ability, his Grey Warden ability to sense darkspawn has allowed him to steer you away from them. Uh, But he has known that they are there, unlike the rest of you who have not
1: seen any yet. Hmm.
0: So it's been a long day of walking. You all sit down to have dinner. Anything you want to talk about?
1: I feel like, not talking, but like just like Cassandra has picked up on that sense, too. Like, every time Tom turns around, she's like, what? What? <laughs> Where <is laughs> where's the dark spot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, no, I'm just looking. And she's like, okay, alright, it's fine. I'm fine. It's good.
3: <laughs> I feel like, for once in his life, Elian is subtle about that. Yeah, I guess he might lean over to Sabre and just like, I wasn't expecting all of this. The ceilings? Not just the ceilings, but all the carving and everything you're a philistine okay no it's it's kind of cool
0: (laughs) uh leander who is sitting beside you Sabrain, uh sharpening his arrows says all the deep roads were once permanent dwarven settlements and the roads that linked between them to a certain extent all of them have some signs of life from long ago it's beautiful and a little a lot spooky says, it's the echoes of lives that existed long ago. Much of the Dwarven Empire was destroyed after the first blight, and subsequent ties and settlements afterwards in the next four.
1: I don't see how, Elian, you can find any beauty down here. It's It's unsettling, obviously, but,
3: I mean, just think of the effort that it took to carve this out.
1: It's impressive. I continue to stare at you. It's just Stone Ellion.
3: Okay, nothing nothing about this impresses you.
1: Alright.
0: Meveris uh pipes up and says The dwarves carved well. So much of this was made centuries, perhaps even thousands of years before even in the Androstian chantry was uh, was founded. All this space, all of this architecture just lost in the face of the previous blights. It is rather harrowing. Talgen is, you know, doing good regular sword maintenance, you know. You're supposed to, you know, keep it uh, well, you supposed to keep it well sharpened, shiny, that kind of thing. Get clean of any rust that starts to accumulate off. He, um, yeah, he doesn't look happy. He doesn't look like he's glad to be here. He says, it's hard to imagine that my family had a whole tig down here. They call them tiges and, you know, People associate tiges with ruins and places to excavate, but back before the first plate, a TIG just meant a city. It's hard to imagine that my family had a whole city. And it's a little impressive, don't you think? I don't know. I suppose we'll have to wait to see it and decide how impressive it actually is. Tom, uh, as you are all finishing up dinner, stands up, he says, We'll need to divide the night into watches. Uh, uh 3 each night should be fine.
2: I'll go first.
0: So how this is going to work is I am going to have you guys decide uh the order of who takes watch and it can be an npc as well as a uh, as a player character. Uh for the first night, and then I want each of them to roll perception hearing. Uh so that said, I need you guys to determine the order, who takes first, who takes second, who takes third.
2: Like I said, I'm fine with first. <laughs>
0: Okay, so Sabre first. Middle. Middle. Elian on the middle shift who wants third shift. I guess Cass will. Okay. So the order you have chosen for tonight is Sabre, then Elian, then Cassandra, it sounds like. And then you can switch off tomorrow with uh, Maveris and Tom and yeah. Leander and. Leander. So I would like all the player characters to go ahead and preemptively roll Perception Hearing uh so Sabora, you are on first watch yeah uh your friends and companions are uh snoozing you don't know if it's actually night you just stopped when you got tired which is a reality that tom had gotten prepared you for is like you like you're not going to be able to have a circadian rhythm of any sort because there's no sun down there so like just prepare to sleep when everyone gets tired so you have no idea if it's actually night but uh they are snoozing as though it is you are doing your best you are keeping a very good watch uh and you are listening to the sounds of the deep roads themselves so, you know the va- the vague distant sound of dripping water uh the uh howling wind through some cave a mile and, or two or three miles away and it is at that point you become aware of a sound that has always been there but was had been so soft as to be almost ignorable but now that you are only alone with it that you are alone with it you can hear it more clearly it is the sound of marching interesting that's new it's uh it's new and it's a little ominous. You are able, like I said, it is so distant that it cannot possibly be a direct threat to you, but it is definitely the sound of marching of you know thousands and thousands of feet, uh and you are able to trace it a little bit toward the edge of camp you had set up near the edge of this large cliff uh that was overlooking a large uh lyrium lake uh which it's it's about three or four miles down which is good because you don't want to get close to that much lyrium um but you you managed to trace it generally in that direction
2: okay i think i'm gonna try to wake up somebody just like quietly like can i go shake tom awake uh sure if you would like that just doesn't I don't know I'm nervous too I wasn't expecting Sabre to be the nervous one is what is like normally he's like <laughs> right?
0: charge headfirst into problems it's fine
2: that's I, <laughs> yeah. and, and normally yes but like I do think it's like it's getting to him it's creepy down here
1: you promised your brother not to die
2: I did promise him not to die just all, all around
0: not great okay uh, so you go and shake Tom awake he comes awake with a sort of grunt and
2: says, what what you're gonna think I'm a baby Marching? There's, it sounds like something big is coming towards us, like an army.
0: He strains to hear it, but your hearing is better than his. Uh, Fuck. He strains to listen. He says, I, I don't hear anything. You don't hear the stopping. It's very, I mean,
2: it's not very loud,
0: but... He says, oh, hang on. He sits up and he uh, focuses, and he's not listening. He's actually reaching out with his Grey Warden senses, and I am going to have him roll. He spends a couple seconds sitting and just sensing. Uh, with his Grey Warden sense. He opens his eyes a moment later, he stands up and he walks to the edge of the cliff that you had all settled down on, and he looks down, and he doesn't say anything. What is that? What are, is that? Is there a problem? He, he glares at you, he's like, if you want to fucking see, just come over and look. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: I uh, come up to look at him.
0: So, Yariel, about two miles, two or three miles straight down past the edge of the cliff. You hadn't even noticed it at first, but along this huge lake of lyrium is a small path uh, right around the edge. And marching down that path is an army of darkspawn. That's... Which must be... like It's hard to tell from so high up, but based on the number of torches that you see, probably at least a couple thousand.
2: Well... (laughs) <laughs> fuck. Um... I don't... I'm very confident in my ability to stab things, but that's too many.
0: Tom shakes his head and he says, the direction they're going, they... they're they not going to be anywhere near us. He says, this army isn't headed toward us. This army's headed for the surface.
2: I, like... I think just, like, a whole body shake sort of goes through me, like, fuck, this wasn't what I was expecting.
0: He says, and we have no... We have to... We have to warn somebody. We're already a day underground. You
2: have any ideas? Yes. We need to go wake a mage.
0: Hey friends, Tessa here. If you're desperate to hear the next episode, chances are good that you can by joining our Discord server. We post links to all episodes and pre-release, and you can even chat with us and listen live as we record. Join us by going to bit.ly slash cfcdiscord. For more information on the show, character biographies, and links to social media, head to our website, critfail.club or critfailclub.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Critfail Club does not advertise at all, so if you like what you hear, tell a friend who might also like it, make a post on social media about it, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Full episodes are available on our YouTube channel, bit.ly/slash CFC channel, or wherever you get your podcasts.